You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. How are you, man? How are you doing? How are you holding up? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Good. So... Walk us through again, man. Sunday, you guys get back into town, and you're actually we're still in town. You guys go through your walkthrough. Uh, what was Monday like for you coming off uh, another game? Uh, just another week of having to learn from our mistakes, you know, just seeing where we went wrong. Um, more personally, like, seeing where I went wrong, what the stuff I have to fix, and then because the coaches will say what you need to fix the group. So today and yesterday were just more individual film sessions for me. And then focus on Syracuse. And for you, treatment today? We get the massages a lot, again? A lot of treatment. Treatment every day. I, I mean, you know, obviously, as the season rolls on, I mean, we're, we're going to probably see it in your eyes, man, just how it, it wears on you, man. But uh, it's just crazy how we think that, you know, once the season starts, if we don't hear that you guys are on the injury report, you guys are all good to go. Um, but just how taxing is a football season for you, man? I mean, do, do the Mondays or the Sundays, like waking up, every you know sunday does it get a little bit harder uh, just as sort of the the damage piles onto your body throughout a season yeah it gets harder but you get used to it you know you train nine ten months out the year just to play a three to four month season so you know you got to remind yourself that you just train over half a year to get 12 to 14 games so at the end of the day you know you still remember what you're playing for can we get my can we give my guy Rob Scott a shout out? I mean, what we don't want to specifically talk about what he's going through, but man, I have a feeling, and Coach Norvell kind of hinted at it. But man, he's he's dealing with some stuff uh, physically, and he's able to go out there and play. What does it mean when you see a guy, especially maybe a young guy, be able to kind of suck it up and go out there and, and try to play his tail off for you guys? Oh, it speaks volumes. You know, that just shows the type of like energy we have in the locker room. You know, like. Like a lot of the fans, they're not in the locker room with us, but we got a guy who's clearly out there struggling, but he cares so much about the team and about our group that he's willing to go out there in pain and perform. And, you know, it's not just him. There's a lot of guys like that that people don't even know about. But that's just the type of love we have for each other in our locker room. Probably you too, but you don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to put you on the spot about it. But on Mondays, uh, Devontae, before you and I uh, do this chat, we do your show here, Trench Talk on War Chant TV. We speak to Mike Norvell, your head coach, as well as Kenny Dillingham, Adam Fuller, and John Papuchas. Our own Corey Clark asked Coach Norvell a question about, you know, with what's going on with the team. must be a little bit difficult to, for him to recruit off of that. Even though watching the games, it does appear that you guys are functioning at, at a good enough level to, to win some of these games. It hasn't worked out in your guys' favor, unfortunately. I haven't been able to put it all together, I guess. 
But Corey asked him, you know, how are you going to recruit? How do you talk to parents? How do you talk to kids when you're kind of going through this bit of a stretch? And I don't know if you've watched the interview, but it was a pretty emotional response. He, he kind of got, um, you know, very – there's a lot of energy in his voice and, and a lot of emotion. So I wanna, I'm going to play that for you, and I want you to kind of let us know, like, what you think afterwards as we're done hearing this uh, when your head coach kind of lays everything out for everybody uh, the way he did earlier this morning. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm pissed, pissed off that we're 0-4. Right? And we, we can bring up how many years it's been. been. I don't really give – I mean, that's not – I can't control that. that. I can control this team at this moment and right now with the opportunity. So we're going to work our butts off to go get better. And we're going to do it the right way. And we're going to have a standard of how we operate. It's going to be the same standard that we're going to ask them to do in the classroom, the same standard of, of everything that we do. I'm going to hold myself to it because i got to be the example. And you know what? Does that mean I'm not going to make a mistake? I'll probably make a mistake. Might make one today. Might make one tomorrow. That's, it's going to, but I will respond to that. And so that's the team I want because I've seen it work. I've been a part of teams that, you know what, they've, they've been on a losing streak. They didn't get caught up with all the crap that was on the outside and everybody telling you what you can't do and, oh, this is the issue and that's it. Yeah, it's easy to point at that. But who wants to be a part of the solution? So those are the guys we're going after. And, you know, there's, there's some kids that, man, this program over here, they're, they're well established. They've got, you know, they've, they've got this, they've got that. And you know what? Probably had a lot of continuity. It's probably been, you know, some things that have been in place there for, for, for a time. So even when the adversity strikes, there's a quick response to it. We're going through that process. We're setting the foundation. We're doing it the right way. And so I'm excited about the guys that we're recruiting because I'm excited about the guys that say yes. And then when adversity strikes and, oh, man, you, go, you lost a couple of games. Are you still – is that still what you want to do? Ones that st- stand up, step out. And those are the guys that you can you can guarantee are going to be a part of the change in a positive way. And we have those guys here. I have those guys in that locker room right now because it's really easy when it's 31 to 7, right, which, you know, you, you feel it. Like, it, I mean, if I was a fan, I'd be pissed off 31 to 7. Right? Some of them stayed, some of them didn't. The ones that did got to see a team that came back and responded, right, and played their butts off till the end. Now, were we successful? No, it was a failure. We did not win that game, and that's what we that's what we came out. I felt very confident in it. I felt that that we were going to put ourselves in a great position, but you know what? We came up short. But they did not stop. They continued to believe, and it's for the guys that we recruit, for the coaches that are on the staff, for the players that are on this team. That's what I want. Because if you have that, then you what you might get your butt knocked down, but you're going to get up and you're going to respond the right way. Yes, we are 0-4, but we have today. And then, Lord willing, wake up tomorrow, we'll have tomorrow. And what we do with that, man, I, I've got a lot of confidence in. You don't want another question. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right, man. Um, you know, I, I think he has that kind of emotion in his voice when he talks to you guys at halftime, when he talks to you guys after a game. Um, but again, man, for him to kind of lay it bare to the fans and let them know, you know, he's not happy with things, but he believes in you guys and he's going to do whatever he can to help get you guys moving in that right direction. I'm sure he's told you these, these sort of things before, but what's it kind of feel like to, to hear him say that, uh, to the world, to the country? I mean, just the energy he brought to the interview, that's what he brings every day. You know, he's very consistent and like the stuff he said, he's right. You know, if I was a recruit and I heard that. I'd sign, I'd ask if I could sign today, 
you know, that's the type of stuff you want to hear. And he's right. We do have those guys in the locker room. You know, things aren't going the way we want to right now, but we have a full staff that believes in us and we have a full locker room of players that believe that we can win. And, you know, that that's all we need is belief in us. You know, you know, he talked about, you know, fans leaving and stuff. And I, I, I forgot who I told, but, you know, we train to overcome adversity. You know, that's, that's how we practice. They like, you've been to our practices. Our practices are chaotic. They're difficult. They're hard. That's why when we're down and we come back, it's not a shock to us. Uh, we down 18 points in the fourth quarter and came back and tied it up. We were down 31 to seven at one point and had multiple chances inside the game. You know, we're getting there. We're improving. We just haven't put it all together yet, but we will. I mean, I don't want to be the moral victory guy, but you guys are getting so close. I mean, does it does it feel like that corner? Like you guys, I mean, the wheel is turning, man. I don't know if you guys haven't made it around it yet, well, but like, you know, it feels like it's, it's Now it's more of the little things, you know, the details. You know, before last season, it was everybody was seeing the big things going wrong. It was the big picture. And now the little things are catching up. So it's everything, you know, the way you're living off the field, what you will impact what you're doing on the field, though maybe the way you just watch film needs to change everything, you know, discipline, all that. It's the little things now. So coach also talked about, we'll start pivoting to some of the fan questions that we have over on the tribal council of warchant.com. But he was saying that like the most important recruiters for him are you guys or the guys in the locker room, because you guys will tell the players what it's like to be coached by this staff, what they invest in you guys, what they ask for you to invest in them. So I guess in, in that sort of vein, I mean, I know they, they, they usually probably have younger guys doing some of the pitches because they'll be around and, you know, hopefully you'll be in the NFL here in a year from now. Uh, but like, what would you say to a player right now if, if they were on an official visit and had some questions about things? And I know you told us a little bit about the energy too, but I mean, when you level with a, with a player, I mean, what kind of message would you deliver to them right now? So my thing, I always use an example, you know, when I was in high school, um, at the time my high school wasn't very good. And I had a chance to go somewhere that was very good. And it's like, do you want to be a part of a turnaround or do you want to go somewhere that's already established? You know, you come here, you have a chance to be a part of one of the best turnarounds in college football. You know, you have a great staff and great position coaches. You're in a great city with great fans and you can be a part of a turnaround or you can go somewhere that's already established and just be another name that comes and goes. And, you know, whenever they ask me, you know, our coaches, whenever we do get recruits, our coaches say, be honest, don't lie. You know, whenever I talk to O-Lyman, I tell him, I say, Coach Atkins is going to be hard on you, but you're going to become a better football player and you're going to become a better man. And same with Coach Norvell, you know, they're all hard. The, the passion he brought in that interview, that's what he brings every day on the field. So that's just a normal day for him. You know, the auto, the fans don't get to see it. The media doesn't get to see it every day, but that wasn't anything over the top. That's just who he is. No doubt. No doubt. All right, man, let's uh, let's turn it over to the warchant.com tribal council. A lot of good vibes being sent your way. This is our guy, Dave, in Kentucky. Just wants to let you know that, uh, Vontae, that uh, I'm an emergency room primary care doctor in Kentucky. I've got a beautiful wife, three healthy kids. Right now, life is good. Eight years ago, I was going through a tough, sometimes dark time. Medicine's my second career. I have a one-year-old son. I was newly married, struggling with my third medicine rotation his third year in his rotation. There were times I wasn't sure how things were going to work out, to be honest, but every week I watched my Seminoles clobber someone, and it gave me hope and happiness during a tough time. 
Me and my family will be in attendance this Saturday to watch the Seminoles get their first blowout win of the season. The haters are out there, but they can root for the Harlem Globetrotters if they need a team that wins every game. Seminole Nation is behind you. Dave and Bartstown, Bachelors of Art and Religion, Class of 2000. He was a marching chief in 96, guarding gold for life. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, Jimbo Jangles adds, keep grinding, young man. Knoll Nation is behind you 100%. Saturday will be my one-year-old daughter's first game. You're taking your one-year-old daughter to the game, Jimbo Jangles? Come on, man. Um, and the second for my three-year-old, our family of four will be showing up loud and proud to watch the win. Can't wait. Let's go. So these people are still in your corner, Devontae. Just know that, man. I, 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 I'm sure you feel it, man, but just want to let you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we got Candy. She wants to talk some tech. She wants to talk some X's and O's. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll let her uh, let her sound off. How about another technical football question? I'm here to learn. She says I've watched a lot of football mm-hmm. this year, and the officials seem focused on calling a lot more penalties for ineligible receiver downfield on everyone as a lineman in an offense that sometimes calls for RPOs, run pass options. How do you manage to keep an eye on whether the ball is handed off or thrown to figure out if you need to block for a runner or stay back to pass protect? Thanks and go Knowles. Good question. Uh, that's a great question. So on certain down. offenses, um, it'll be like they'll give you a play and then it'll be followed by like another saying or something that lets you know that there is an RPO. But usually with us, you can tell by the linebackers, you know, um, the offensive line, you get three yards. If you go past three yards, that's when they can call you for a legal man downfield. Um, so Usually, if the linebackers bite really hard, that means he gave the ball. But if they start dropping back, that means he's dropping back to throw. So it's just more eye discipline than anything. And the plays, you know, most of the time we know when it's RPO. And then you know when it's a straight pass. So that's why sometimes it looks like we're run blocking, but then the ball has to get out quick. But then there's some situations where the ball doesn't get out as quick. So you just keep blocking and then you get downfield. And that's another situation where you can get a legal man downfield. All right. I've been wondering that. Thanks for the question, Kenny. Thank you for the explanation, Devontae. Well done, man. I appreciate it. Is, is there anything on the call card, like the play call cards, like the funny little picture? Is there anything on there that like makes you laugh? Maybe not in the heat of the game, but like you laugh that it's on your guys, you know, cardboard holdups. There's a couple things like, and then sometimes just seeing people jumping up and down. It depends on the time of the game, especially when you're on the sideline and you're like, what is, what is that person doing? Uh, you haven't told us what it means, but like, is there like a is there like a a photo of like a celebrity or something that's like the one that's like what like why were we thinking to use that one? You don't have to tell us what it means, but like, is is there one in particular that stands out in your mind just being like a crazy wacky sort of? Uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen one from us, but I I was watching a game on TV and I think somebody had a picture of SpongeBob, and <laughs> I was just like I don't, and it probably doesn't even mean anything to be honest. Um, let's see here. Uh, we got a question from Katie Swain. Uh, what was the locker room like at halftime to have the team come out and perform so much better in the second half? Was it, was it more the coaches, you know, their message to you guys, or was it you guys players kind of taking ownership uh, and trying to push each other to get better in that second half, Devonte? Um, it was kind of just like understood, you know, nobody really needed to say anything. We realized how that we didn't perform up to standard in the first half. And we knew we needed to respond and come out in the second half. So it wasn't really anything needed to be said. You know, we made the adjustments um, like we always do. And then we just came out and played. All right. Um, we got another sort of X's and O's talk here. It comes from uh, get down or lay down. Again, um, he said apparently there was a 
they credit you with maybe not having the best communication with Robert Scott on a double team. Can you speak of what happened late in the game? Does that does that ring a bell that play? Um, I'm not sure if it's a pass play. There's not really uh like design double teams in pass plays usually. Right. Uh, late in the game, late in the game. Well, I mean, I, I guess it I goes. Give, uh, I'm trying talk- to think of the play. Yeah, I mean, we talk about pro football uh, focus and then not knowing, you know, the scheme. I mean, this probably goes yeah. to well, the guys in the booth don't exactly really know what you guys are trying to run. So, uh, no, I'm not sure, no. to be honest. Uh, our guy Gator Kirk in Virginia Beach, Virginia, bringing a little bit lighter, says, good evening. If you could have dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be? And what is the question you would ask them? Thank you for your time. Go Knowles. Hmm. That's a hard one, to be honest. Um, probably Michael Jordan and just just like asking probably about his process. Like, you know, how you become the GOAT, in my opinion. But – and how you stay on top once you get on top. You know, and just the work ethic and how to manage everything he did. But I don't know. That's a hard one. That's but I'd have to go with Michael Jordan. Is there anything you could think of that you would not want to go through to be as good as Michael Jordan? Like, because obviously it wasn't easy for him. But like, we all think about the end product, right? Him being the greatest, maybe competitor of all time, greatest basketball player. But surely yeah. there were struggles that he was pushed through. Is there anything you could think of that you would not be willing to go through? Like, and at the end of the road, you're not going to be the greatest. Be like, ah, eh, or maybe I don't want to go that far. You know. I couldn't stop and play baseball. Like I, I couldn't do it. The hand-eye coordination isn't there, to be honest. I know. It's crazy, man. All right, let's see what else we got here over on YouTube. Taking your questions here on YouTube with Devontae Love-Taylor on Trench Hawk. Hit that thumbs-up button. If you could, we certainly would appreciate it. Um, I was going to ask you about this, uh, or I'm going to ask Coach Norvell about it, but like Rod Orr is a guy that we see out there getting a little bit more burned. Like how, how impressed are you with the play of some of these young guys, whether it's um, – you know, whether it's uh, Lloyd Willis or, or a guy like Rod or those guys that you feel pretty good about uh, kind of taking the torch on from what you and Darius are kind of pushing forward right now. Yeah. So since day one, since Rod got on campus, you know, he one of his first one of the first conversations we had, he came up to me and just he was like, hey, can you meet with me? Like, can we just talk about everything? He's eager to learn. And, you know, it's not there yet, but it's going to be. And he's going to keep growing, keep watching, keep learning the scheme. And the efforts there, and he's going to have great coaching with Coach Atkins and Coach Novell and Coach Dillingham, and he's going to be something special. Same with Lloyd. Lloyd's gotten so much better since he got here. And he's just – if you've ever seen Lloyd in person, you just – he's gifted. That's just something you can't teach. And once he puts that together, plus he's a light-footed guy, can move well, has extremely long arms, good feet. You know, he's going to be – he's going to be the truth. Uh, old COD Willie asks, what's the first FSU game you ever watched? That's hard. I, I can't tell you probably. I don't even know. It was probably around 2003, 2004. Okay. I, I don't, I don't remember exactly who was playing, but I just remember it was around that time period. Do you remember your first game at Doak? So my first time at Doak was actually playing. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was against Georgia Tech last year. But I came up here my first time on campus. I came up here for a basketball tournament. All 
and played. How many official visits did you take when you were a recruit? When I, uh, out of high school, I only took three. I went to FIU, Sanford, and the Citadel. Okay. Oh, the Citadel. How'd that come about? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just exploring my opportunities. You know, I didn't really have many offers and I didn't want to like shut anything down. I want to leave every door open just in case. And then, yeah. <laughs> how, how much like military, I mean, I don't know military is the right way to say it, but like, if you go to the Citadel, like, are you like a, a regular student athlete or like, are you going through like PT and, and that kind of stuff? So I think, I think, I don't remember. It was like five years ago, but I know you don't have a military requ- requirement from the Citadel. But the like wildest thing to me was they don't let freshmen walk on the sidewalks. Like you have to walk on the street. Really? And yeah, and you gotta have like your haircut and all that. All right. Well, we all got we all got our rules. <laughs> we all got our rules. All right, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, uh Carol Palalis asks, who on the team is the number one player everyone loves to be around with a positive attitude no matter what happens? Let me think. There's so many guys. Uh me personally. Let me think. Let me think. Probably Trey Ward, to be honest. Okay. Trey Sean Ward, yeah. He's gone through a lot to get here, man. That kid's come out of – I mean, yeah. I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere, but, you know, he was a former walk-on, and the way he's played, I mean, it, it's caught a lot of us by surprise. But is he one of those guys, too, maybe like in the vein of Lloyd, is a guy that when you saw him kind of run the ball, you're just like, man, he just – he just he's gifted. He's got it. Yeah, I think it was last year Um, after – after I got hurt last year, I was watching the scout team, yeah. and he was just like, I was like, wow. Like, And then he got in against Duke and got one carry and I think scored a touchdown. I was like, wow. Like I said, you got to find a way to get him the ball. And then, you know, now everybody sees it. Uh, Derek Neal asked, who was your favorite football player growing up? Steve Smith. Oh, the receiver? The receiver, Steve Smith, yeah. I saw I was a I was a big Panthers fan, and he was just like – I wore 89 my first year playing football in, like, 2005, and he was just a dog. He was, like, 5'9", but he was going up top on people, running people over. I loved it. Yeah, no, he's the man. I forgot who he – I forgot who he got in with, but he just – I remember he was he was walking off the field. He's like, ice up, because he put he put the kid – he, he wore some <laughs> out. Yeah, see, since the man, when you can be 5'9", and you can just, you know, ball on folks, it's – it's always impressive, man. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Eric Angel, who's up in Cincinnati, Ohio, asks, who's the funniest guy on the team? Uh, there's a few. Robert Cooper's hilarious. Uh, Andrew Parchment's a funny guy. Uh, I'm pretty funny myself, to be honest. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot. What do you think about Andrew with a little bit of a breakout? I mean, that was good to see him, right? Get some. Uh, oh, yeah. Some- he had a great game. Let's see here. What else? Yeah, so let's hop back over here to uh, the warchant.com tribal council. We got a question from uh, Mississippi underscore Noel underscore three, five, seven. What's up Devonte? Hope all is well. Uh, can you take us through a sequence play is call. You break the huddle and you're heading to your spot. What is the thought process? And at what point do you stop thinking and just react? Um, coming from the sideline, you know, after a timeout, you get the call. You go, you line up, you see what they're in, you see like what their uh, what their front is, and then you communicate, do whatever communication you have to do. You know, if it's a pass play, you point to who you have, and then if it's, if you have a double team with somebody and a run play, you let the guy know who you're double teaming to. 
you alert if there's tendencies. Like if I think a guy's going to twist, I'll let the guy next to me like, hey, watch out. He's about to slant to you. It's a bunch of stuff. But you never really stop thinking because once the play, once the ball snapped, if I see somebody go one way, then I got to know somebody else is coming too. So it's just you're thinking the whole play. And you got to think about where the ball is and all that stuff, the leverage of the ball. So you never really stop thinking. You said it kind of on the show a week or so ago, and I, I forgot who on ESPN was talking about it, but it reminded me of what you said. And it was like, so offensive line, the key of offensive line is basically knowing when to give help and when to take help. Right? I mean, that's yeah, a, it's, you know, you know, the key to offensive line is always like knowing the leverage of the ball so you know where the ball is going. Because a lot of times it's like, I don't have to pancake you to do my job. If I keep you from getting where the ball is going, then that's a successful block. So it's just under. Go ahead. Go ahead. 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 So it's just understanding the leverage of the ball, understanding where the quarterback is, where his um, where his launch point is, stuff like that. What I've always been curious about, I mean, it's it probably goes back to you playing playing pee wee football, so it's it's not a problem for you at all. But like, how do you guys maintain your splits? I mean, how do you guys always know to be like the proper amount of distance away from each other? Like when you're lining up for a play, it's just repetition. You know, like I don't stop. I never really, especially in a game, I never even stop and look at the center and be like, let me scoot over. I'm an inch too close or I'm an inch too far. It's just, it just happens. Then, you know, when you get like in those fourth and inches, you obviously get closer because you don't want anybody getting penetration. But it's never really – you never really stop. It's not like Little League where you're like two-and-a-half-foot splits, all that. It's like, all right, all right, arms distance, support from this <laughs> Well, then, like, how do you – like, when you do field goal protection, like, you got – it almost looks like your guys' legs are, like, overlapping. It's, like, crazy yeah. how tight you guys get in. Yeah, you don't want anybody getting a crease. Uh, I like this question because we're getting down or lay down. Do you love winning more or hate losing more? Personally, I hate losing more. It's you know, because, right like – because it's like you're expected to win, you know, especially when you put in the work and you're prepared, you know, winning's not like a, it's not like, I don't want to say it shouldn't be celebrated, but it should be expected. So when you lose, it's like a letdown because you put in all the work, you did what you had to prepare. And then it's just like, uh, but when you win, it's like, I knew I was going to win. I prepared for this. When you go to the scouting combine and they ask you that question, answer it just like that. <laughs> answer just like that. They're gonna, they're gonna love it. I can almost uh, guarantee you. Gator Kirk asks, uh, not that this would happen to you, Devonte, because you know everything inside and outside about this game and this team and this playbook. But what would you do if you forgot the play call once you got to the line of the scrimmage? Ask the guy next to you, because <laughs> <laughs> somebody knows it, and if that he doesn't know it, then he'll ask the guy next to him, or you just hold your hand up and ask the quarterback. Like, not like you're raising your hand, but you hold it up so he doesn't snap the ball. Right. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Like all the yeah. Uh Bradley's uh, he's posted this like twice, so I guess I'll, I'll pop it up here. Uh, what do you and the other players think might lead to more con- – it's um, not one. Yeah. Yeah, consistent levels of elevated intensity and focus early in games. I guess how do you guys get off to uh, better starts, right? Everyone wants to start strong. How do you, how do you maybe find that? We just got to trust, like, our technique and our preparation from the jump, you know, because once you come out and you see what they do for a few series and you're like, okay, I got it, and you get more confident. But we need to come out with that confidence from the jump and just trust that we're doing the right thing and we don't need to see what they're doing before we start performing. 
right, we'll take the last one as we approach the bottom of the hour. Go back to Eric up in Cincinnati. Who's the biggest trash talker on the team? Uh, the whole DB group. <laughs> There's not you can't just single out one. They all let you have it. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, it's parents' weekend. Are you going to be uh, entertaining the family uh, this coming weekend, Devontae? Always, every weekend. <laughs> all right, right on, right on. All right, man, we appreciate you taking time out, Devontae. Again, man, you you don't even have one day off uh, in a week. I mean, but Monday is kind of your day off, and, and you spend 30 minutes of it answering questions from everybody here on YouTube and, and War Channel. I really do appreciate it, man. So best of luck this Saturday to you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody for joining us here on this edition of Trench Talk with Devontae Love-Taylor. If you could hit that thumbs up on the way out, we certainly would appreciate it. Uh, the replay of this will be up immediately on YouTube if you just got here, so check that out. And always check out warchant.com, your ultimate symbol sports source. For Devontae, I'm Aslan. Thanks so much for watching. Go Knowles.